and it's about time for true crime hey hey party people how you doing welcome to the final the very last woohoo we're not going to talk about it again that's a lie um <laughs> last full dedicated episode to john benet ramsey content what a wild fucking ride What an insane fucking ride. I am so excited to be wrapping up this series today because it was a full ass series on John Bonet. Yeah, that was like a whole ass season. Um, So sorry about it, but not that sorry about it because it deserves to be told. Um, I mean, hey, you're getting a different crew crime story every week anyway, if you're not like into JBR, but you know that you guys all are. Yeah. And y'all have been following this literally since it happened. Which... I am so excited to be able to do. I'm so excited. I know we've dropped their name before, but Morbid um, just announced that they are going to do a John Bonet deep dive. Literally the day that we're recording this. So our episodes do not come out, obviously, like the same day or week that we're recording them. They're a little bit afterwards because, y'all, we got to edit and we work full time. Yep. <laughs> um, so it's going to be they've probably already have at least one maybe two episodes out by the time you're hearing this but it's just so it's just the timing of it was really cool perfect um yeah if honestly you guys wanted to like post our little name in their comments that would be cool because we kind of want to talk to them about it like especially as four podcasters who just did a deep dive on the same fucking thing i think that would be cool and are all located in the same state like let's be real we're yeah. all new englanders we're all right here i'm so, just saying i'm just could saying. be could be fun if you guys are into that obviously if they're into that um i hope so though because spooky i feel free you know tag us in their posts yeah hell yeah tag us in anything you want us to see we'll see it we'll see it we'll see a meme we'll see a case i'll take a meme Ooh, i'll take a comment I'll take a meme. I'll take a comment. I'll take a little like little mention right there. Love it. A little DM. Oh God, the cat's coming. Me well. <laughs> yeah, you pretty girl. I love a Mia visit. Oh, I just love Mia Bean visits. I hope that got picked up. I hope they heard that. Um, yes. Yeah, so I don't know. Just tag us in whatever you want, and we'll see it. We'll be into it. Also, um, I just wanted to throw out there again for all you party people. This is day of as it's happening. So obviously, you know, we're going to be a little delayed, but Anand Syed got released from prison. And if you guys do not know mm, that mm, case, mm. you did not listen to the podcast that started all the true crime podcasts, which is serial. Boop, 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 boop. I know. Boop, in that first season, that. Anyway, that podcast got me into it. And that was, oh God, how many years ago? Well, the podcast came out in 2014. Adnan was originally charged in 2000. Yes. Um, of his ex-girlfriend, Heyman Lee's murder, who they really did not have a significant enough case to really call him guilty without... Prosecute him, yeah. Yeah, without probable doubt. There was lots. So, yeah, they, they convicted him in 2000. They really did not have enough concrete evidence. A lot of it was circumstantial and corroborated by a very inconsistent witness testimony and witness testimony that changed a lot a lot and witness testimony isn't even that reliable to begin with let alone one that's changing so frequently and is also only believable because of the other faulty evidence they had and so 
that's not to say that, you know, they didn't do the best they can. Obviously, if he was convicted in 2000, it wasn't at the peak of our technological development. Right. But um, it's not I'm, that far off from John Bonet, you guys. It's true. And it's it's hard to sort of contextualize my thoughts on it. And, you know, I'm considering recovering the case to like just do sort of a surface level dive into it and let you all know what the case is. But from a legal sort of systemic perspective I don't know how I feel about it to be honest with you I'm so glad that he's out I'm so glad that he was able to be released but because he hasn't been exonerated and because we have double jeopardy protection so he's not going to be tried for it again constitutionally as far as I know although I don't know if this is a realm I haven't dove into yet without being in law school I'll look into it but my hope is just that by the state catching this and in attempts to right their wrong and give him freedom before they can truly take it away, even though they already have for 22 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just I want to make sure that if he is innocent and he is exonerated and not found guilty of this crime, that it's reflected and that it's known because... Dude, without that off his record, he's still just as fucked as he was in there. And mm-hmm. like, I'm glad that he's out, but that really needs to be rectified if it isn't. So I'm going to do some research. Yay, yay, yay for prosecution. And, you know, the prosecutor who caught this is not the one that prosecuted the case, but prosecutors as a whole holding each other to a high standard actually you know, fighting for defendants' rights even while they're trying to create justice. And I think that's really admirable. Absolutely. And I also think that, you know, at the time, did it look like it was him? I I would agree with that. I mean, I wouldn't, in the jury, would I have convicted? Like, would I have done that? Probably not, because you have to really win me over, which is what those cases are supposed to be. Maybe with the information that they had at the time, and even that's debatable. The thing is for me, and I hope this is any juror, but I know that, you know, a juror is a typical citizen. It doesn't have to be someone who has studied criminal justice and usually we're excluded from juries. I know. They're like never going to let us do that. I'm so sad. And that is, you know, you have the prime people because I want to so bad. Yeah. And I would, dude, I would take notes. I would be uh, all yeah. up in that front row of the two, you know. And be asking <laughs> questions. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I've I've literally seen jury trials where a juror was asleep. Yeah, that could not be me. And the snoring was louder <laughs> than the prosecutor. Yeah, questioning the defendant. That important testimony right there. And the juror is asleep that the bailiff had to go like shake his shoulder. Yeah. So, wouldn't be me. Could not be me. Even in the most driest of courtroom settings, I... Even if it was like you planted a tree one inch over my property line, I'd be like, give me the documents. Give me the receipts. Did he know? (laughs) Tell me everything. (laughs) I know, right? I have a whole jury trial on this. And this bitch just gets to sleep through. I'm so jealous. Um, anyway, so... (laughs) Sleeping through my dreams. It's really hard to see other people living your dreams, you know? It is. It really is. (laughs) And soiling them. (laughs) literally he's dreaming while living my dream yes how rude uh i would love to be on jury duty so bad well i tell we really want to be on jury duty i've been called for jury duty like two or three times was that out west or up here out west (laughs) and one time i got to delay it another time i had to reschedule it 
And then um, another time I just ended up being home for it. But I swear, it's like once your name gets called, like I'm like, come on, just pick me. I'm here. You have me for the day anyway. You know the end of Shrek when, okay, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Shrek is love. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm like dating myself here. So when you had the VHS tape, right? Yeah. Okay. At the end of it. The big party? Yeah. Well, yeah. but at the very end, like once you've watched the whole thing, credits are done, and then it's just like on that like screen where it kind of like yeah. is chilling and you have the option to like play it again or deleted scenes or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. So when I was a kid, our TV like got stuck on that. Okay. And so it was just Donkey going like, pick me, pick me, like for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. And that would be me on Jury Duty. <laughs> it would be, pick me, I'll do it, That'll pick do, me. That'll do, Donkey. That'll do, Donkey. That'll oh do. Oh my gosh. My friend, her birthday was earlier this month, and to celebrate, initially, she was like, do you want to go to a Shrek rave with me? Shut the fuck up. And I was like, what in the fuck is a Shrek rave? I still can't answer you. Oh, my God. You know who I would be? I just said, I'll put up and shut up. (laughs) I would be Lord Farquaad. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It would work. You wouldn't even have to walk around on your knees like actors would. But I would, like, tuck my hair under, you know. Yes, a faux bob. little, like, shoulder, like, little bob. And, oh, come on. That would be fun. I can't stop now. Now I'm Halloween costume. I love it. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. I, um, for this Halloween, do have a couple's costume planned for Kim Possible. Oh, my God. Who are you going to be? Kim Possible. You are? Okay. Yes. Um, And then the friend who I was going to go to the Shrek rave with um, was going to be Shigo. And then my partner is, I'm trying to convince them to go as Ron Stoppable. I love that. Yes. Do all of it. I'm so excited. And I already have the costume because it's like literally green cargo pants, a black crop top, and oh, it's the easiest boots. Shit. And yeah. I'm by. So I own all of those things <laughs> already. <laughs> It's great. No thrifting necessary. No, none. Um, so, yeah, you guys, it has been a delightful time to be alive. But let's get into our last Jompanay episode. I know. So in this episode, you know. No new content. No new content. We're just purely roundtabling this shit right up. Speculations and opinion-based only. And just, um, yeah, just the stuff that never really came to light what we think about it this case has been a fascination of mine for fucking ever like i'd hope so you did seven parts on it (laughs) oh my god i listen (laughs) i know (laughs) um my life is inundated with jumping a ramsey content right now if you guys are anything like us you like to start at the beginning and move your way through episodes so if you really don't like starting like if this is your first episode that you're listening to from us yeah hi thank you hey. welcome we love you so cute little nose kisses right oh my god you just boop. did it. little little boops yeah so if this is it but you're interested in the john benet series that we're referring to that we did um you might want to start from the beginning so hi. just so, to give you an overview of what you could get in each episode i'm gonna read them for you love that i will also just say if you want to know what we're talking about but don't feel like listening to the whole thing you can just listen to the first one which is an overview of everything yes then you so, can go part one is literally just the overview of the case part two is the investigation part one that sounds really confusing we go over the initial investigation 
part three is more investigation. Part four is evidence. Part five is more evidence. And then part six is the theories and suspects. And we're bringing you today part seven, which is really what we think of the case, what our thoughts are of what happened behind the scenes, who we think did it, who we think is just ruled out entirely and then where we hope to see the case go from here and what we can look for in the news and the media for hints about where this might be going hell yes so you guys if you are curious and you haven't heard just the way i tried to break up the parts investigation there were two parts to the first one was the initial walkthrough of the house and the investigation on that day and immediately following and then the second part of investigation was sort of how all of the governmental agencies and investigative agencies were catty and at each other's throats the whole time and how it literally helped nobody um then i went to evidence and evidence i tried to split up in two ways one was the evidence from that initial walkthrough of the house and sort of the home evidence that they found in and around and then the second part of our evidence i tried to keep strictly to john benet her body her clothes the things that were found in the autopsy etc so which is a very somber episode sorry in advance if you haven't heard it but you're going to awful um but necessary to talk about absolutely so then that last one again those suspects and theories we went over and today we're just gonna hang um where i stand on it currently is I'm really hoping to see some more DNA evidence be tested with our updated technology. I know that obviously every single DNA test is backed up because everybody needs everything DNA tested always. But I do think that with the advancements that we've come to with technology, that would be helpful. Uh, Mr. Ramsey himself offered to pay for one which I understand after reading a lot about the case and hearing how little was done that he didn't and Patsy didn't try to do themselves um, also could be pretty convoluted. So, And then the flip side of that, I feel, is if they did let him pay for it right. and then they did find something, then everyone would have shit to say about that. And Well, of course they find it when he pays for Same. it. And how did he do it? And but also money makes the world go round and it's like is it right probably not it's probably pretty greedy and people would have questions and as we saw through COVID-19 people are not always up to date on how science works but what we did see was that when things are broken down and explained well enough people understand because we're not idiots so hopefully if something were to come of that They'd be able to say, we found something this time because we can test, fuck, I don't know, DNA on white blood cells. I don't know. I'm just, just making, making shit up. up. Just, yeah. So this episode is really to just finally put this case to rest. Speculate him and ha and give it the personal love that it deserves yep, that's not just clinical and icky. This is really the episode where we can kind of like package all the parts up that we talked about and put them in a nice little box with a cute little bow and store it away until hopefully there is some resolution but we didn't feel like we could do that justice without you know we covered the theories and suspects and then say okay well that's it have fun you know we Bye. weren't gonna do that yeah so this is really just your sort of like roundup i i'm still at a loss i think that there is some real potential to 
it's awful to say because it's one of those that I so badly want us to have the answer in front of us right now. And I so badly wish that through the ridiculous amount of time that I've spent researching this, that I was the one to find the golden nugget that would fix this and relieve some of the pain or something. But I unfortunately at this time... I don't think we're going to find a lot of new evidence, if any new evidence. And so what we have is what we have until, you know, technology develops and we can run this through something that could make a difference. And maybe we'll never find anything. Maybe somebody figured out a way to get away with murder, literally to get away with murdering a six-year-old. Um, but fucking let's not let them. Like, you can only outsmart someone who knows less. Right. Hmm. I'd rather know the same. Yeah. I mean, like if we if we roll it back all the way to the ransom letter. Yeah. That has Patsy all over it. Oh, my gosh. She could have signed her name at the bottom. (laughs) I mean, there is definitely an attempt at concealing her identity and the foreign faction and these, these words that they tried to use and everything. But that handwriting was pretty spot on hers. It was really inconsistent in how they, they, she, I'm going to say, <laughs> allegedly, yeah. um, switched between I and we and I and we and started with a draft and then throws that out. I mean, the draft, you, the the carroted knot with they don't particularly like you, like, okay. You know, and it, you can't just say they they don't like you you know it, right. just, it was like she was afraid to say anything bad about her husband in the letter you know and yeah we respect you but we don't like you we like you but not the country and so that's why we chose you of all millions of people here yep. to do this to and if i'm i said it before and we were going over it then if i'm breaking into a home to take something to deprive them of whatever it is that i'm grabbing and I'm leaving a ransom letter. I fucking wrote that shit already and I brought it with me. Hell yeah. I didn't get there and like gather my materials and grab a pen and a paper and then leave it like on the rung of the stairs <laughs> up to the home. Literally. You don't that doesn't happen. And then leave what I told them I took in the home? Yep. Well, and then on top of that, you know, there are people who genuinely believe it was a small foreign faction and that because of the Ramsey's just blatant disregard for everything written in that letter about JonBenet's safety, that they just killed her and left her because that's what they said they'd do. I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean... I don't agree with it based off the evidence, but if we're going on ransom letter alone, it's possible. Well, I mean, potentially, but then, you know, if I if I break into your home and I steal your most preci- precious jewels... And leave you a note saying that I'm going to, you know, you'll get them back if you pay me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to then just leave the home and leave the jewels in the basement. That's just not going to happen. It's true. I think that theory presumes that the people stayed down there with her. It like into the morning to see if the Ramses called police, any of that. And as we know, that is the first fucking thing that Patsy does. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the letter itself says if you do that, she's going to die. And... Yeah. I am on the same page as Ron, that FBI uh, agent who was looking into this when they thought it was a kidnapping. 
when he said so much of that letter just says she's already dead yep the present tense the mix of subjects like the i to we the intimate mm-hmm. knowledge the ability to call john mr ramsey and john mm-hmm. the weird amount of things that aren't written in there that are malicious like that are not malicious but intended to be that should have been in a ransom note if you're considering the context of the situation that should have been 10 words or less right and i think as Anybody who is interested in true crime, is involved in the criminal justice system, watches even fucking like criminal minds. Hey, Shamar Moore. Um, <laughs> we all know that less information is scarier. Mm-hmm. It's way scary. I'd be way more petrified if the note I got said, we have her $118,000 cash tomorrow at 5 a.m. Or you never see her again. That's it. Not, not even an or. Just period. Just that's it. And that that to me says everything that they were trying to say in that botched ransom letter. The other thing here, too, is I think it's ridiculous to involve so much of the process on how to get the money, but none of the process on how to deliver the money. If a ransom letter is left, essentially, right, what we're asking for is money in exchange for goods, but we have to get that money or information or whatever the hell it is you're seeking to get somehow why would the information be on how you can get that not how you can give that to me Mm -hmm. i know you have that presumably right so i I don't care how you get it i don't care if you're lifting the couch cushions and grabbing the quarters from there i don't care i don't care about the process it takes you to do that i I care care about about, me getting i care about the delivery right and that was literally the only thing the probably that that note didn't say like short of giving the actual author's name and blood type mm-hmm. which patsy babe it's okay we get it but like babe <laughs> seriously and then the whole just to me you know how they say that when people lie they add a lot of details yes. and they put so much extra information to try to offer context because they're overcompensating for the fact that they're lying yeah that ransom note is that physically like there's that's that's the the tangible lie right and trying to overcompensate for that it just it screams that to me and i know that there's attempts well what could the sbtc mean and and all of that and it's just like i don't know maybe she just put random ass letters because she thought that that would you know dissuade (laughs) people i don't know you know what i haven't heard sbtc stand for yet what some bullshit to close (laughs) (laughs) like it could have just been anything yeah and i mean it could have been something but there are so many inconsistencies in that letter there's so many wild ass details even the whole fact that they knew john was southern i mean we talked about the suspects right so we talked about that man who turned himself in from taiwan taiwan thank you i was gonna say vietnam and i don't know why (laughs) um from taiwan and he lived 30 miles away from them in georgia and that is at this point in time the only other person i can think of that would possibly know that john lived in georgia before this it's not like the internet was up and running in 1996. Well, yeah, and even in everybody's homes, the, you know. The 
pure just like stats and likelihood of the handwriting matching anyone other than Patsy. I mean, I'm what I'm saying is all based on the assumption that Patsy wrote it. Yeah. I don't think it was her brainchild. No. I think that John was whispering in her ear and she's jotting things down. Well, and I think if it was either one of theirs individually, we would have seen a lot less inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Like tremendously less. And also, again, with the handwriting analysis, you know, we went over all of those traits that her writing had, like connecting t- the cross of the T to the next letter. And if you multiply all of those together it was literally like one in ten thousand something that the writer of this letter would have all of those traits in common and then you add on the fact that there's like intimate knowledge about the family and when we looked up the population it was like a hundred thousand so that leaves what 10 people Mm -hmm. and then you have to find all of the women in that because it can't be men Mm -hmm. and then you have to find the ones that know that knowledge and i i cannot imagine two people in all of boulder colorado that knew that and had all of those handwriting qualities yeah yeah and so i think that that just that just drove me nuts that people even entertained that yeah it's just it's so long and on the stairwell would you do that no if it was me like maybe on the table i was thinking about that too like somewhere i know people go so the fridge the table a sink not at the bottom of a stairwell, especially when there are two stairwells in the home. And if you wanted to be like fucked up, I would have left it. This is terrible. In her bed. Yeah. Yeah. You went there too. Yeah. Because well, I I would go where you go to look for the thing that's missing and be greeted with the note. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Or like on her bedroom door. Yeah. Like if you want to make a statement, you go for when that person's going to be looking for that person or item or whatever it is that's stolen. And right. that's what they find instead. Right. And let's be honest, that note was all for effect. Oh, it was. Wouldn't you do that for effect? Yeah. I would. Like, can you be consistent? Damn. It's, oh, it's fucking annoying. The other thing, too, is then you get through, like, the investigation and the fact that the actual fucking law enforcement officers that were there were like, hey, John, why don't you give this house a search again? Like, Let's let you out of our sight so that you can cover up any of your tracks if you left any. Well, or wreck all of our evidence because you're not trained in police standards and operations. Well, apparently they weren't either. Yeah, no. Because well, yeah, but not well. Because what just draw drives me nuts is the fact that she was in the house the whole time and it took several hours for anything to come of that. How they didn't do the walk around the house for me, not a police officer not an investigator of any kind start inside okay sure do your do your initial walkthrough and then the places that you couldn't see from inside because maybe a door was locked or they didn't whatever whatever it was you walk the perimeter see if there's any basement windows that you can see in Mm -hmm. see if there's a bulkhead that could allow access to the house see if there's any windows that are open see if there's any that are cracked see if there's any that are broken that is that is just the absolute bare bones minimum in my mind and for me, I go outside first, take a look around, because then if you see any, like, broken glass or tracks coming out of a house mm-hmm. or something, you know where to start looking. But then I would go floor by floor, room by room, and just, like, on a post-it note on the door, like, this in here, this in there, this in here. Like, things I'd like to be photographed, because I'm not going to touch them. No. Even not as a police officer, even before I 
went to college to learn about criminal justice. I was like, probably shouldn't fuck with that. I was like eight years old typing the... (laughs) the license plates of creepy cars yep. that would go a little bit too slow by me and my friends walking and I would call that number. Yep. Just so it would be like in my phone record with my like razor phone. Yep. So like don't tell me that like common sense like you need to know you need to be so well educated and versed in these things to just get the bare minimum. That's oh. not the case. Well, and here is part of why I think that like I have a little wiggle room because I'm not a narcissist. I know I make mistakes. I know I'm human and human error exists. So just because I believe that it was most likely done by a Ramsey or a collection of, mm-hmm. I am not going to say with 100% certainty that that's the case. I have probable doubt. But the other thing is that if the Ramseys did not do it, I would feel so awful for them and seeing how this investigation took place by the way it's inexcusable to leave a dead six-year-old on her parents couch for eight hours i hate that i have to say this but apparently it's kindergarten so don't do that Hmm. maybe if you find a dead six-year-old like take care of her well because clearly she wasn't like what 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 the fuck but if that's the case, I completely understand why they just said, you know what, we're going to do our own investigation. Because sometimes I think policy and standards, while they're important and well-written policy and standards should leave room for common sense, I think sometimes that trumps people's free will when it comes to like, and free will is being used very loosely. I don't mean, you know, philosophically or anything, but when it comes to bureaucracy and government work and police standards there are certain rules you have to follow there's a way that you're trained to do walkthrough there's a way you're trained to do things and that gives you a really wonderful perspective on handling a lot of things but sometimes it's just out of the box enough that the solution has to be out of the box and I get that too so like I don't blame them for doing that I'm not going to claim I'm smart enough to say they had no right they have a every right in my mind Mm -hmm. maybe work with the police a little if you didn't do it because that's not looking so hot but like i I don't know it i get why they did it it i do look hot when john ramsey is literally carrying her up the stairs instead of getting somebody that's the other thing it's like he grabs her body he takes off the duct tape they go upstairs which i can wrap my head around i can see why you'd want to take that off of your if you didn't do it your precious baby but you, at the same you time, think maybe you can save and ugh. Yeah, but by the time you rip off that duct, it's duct tape. You have to have a hand on whatever it is you're taking the duct tape off of and the duct tape. She was probably cold. Like you're, and like you've probably been told, or at least I hope that they said don't move anything. Yep. Um, the fact that he was allowed to walk around—I mean, they should have just. They should have set them in the living room. Said, "You guys are staying here." I don't even give a fuck if he had to walk around with an officer. My God, get someone trained with that man. That is not his job. He's like a computer CEO. Yeah, well, but we also know that they were understaffed. Yep. The police department was understaffed. They didn't have any of their senior people on because it was just after the holidays. It was just after Christmas. and Everyone else has got like vacation week. Schools are out that week. You know, people are home with their families. And I understand that. I I can wrap my head around that. And maybe you only had a couple people 
And you couldn't have someone in every single place in the whole entire time. I get that. But if you can't do that, then you still need to control the scene. Keep all the people in one spot then. Yep. In a spot you've already ruled out as like not an area of concern at this moment. Yeah. I don't even care if that's like outside. I don't care. Because for all you know, the person who took her or did whatever is still there. Yeah. And most frequently we see crimes like this done by people we know because... What is the motivation for a complete stranger to do any of it? Like, there has to be some knowledge that they'd be able to gain something. There has to be some knowledge of the house layout, at least in this case. But I would say in most cases that happen in the home. Like, oh, it's just so frustrating. It really, this one bothers me, I think, because the parents' reactions are so scrutinized. And I think that's fair. There is nothing right now to say that they shouldn't be scrutinized for all of that. But a reaction is not a response and a reaction is not an admission of guilt. And in the same breath, if you think they're guilty, everything they did could have been a really great cover up. And Mm -hmm. that's the hard part. I think a lot of people pointed to and we didn't dive into it too much in this series But a lot of people pointed to the way that John and Patsy Ramsey looked when they did interviews. Yeah. And they looked very put together, very, you know. Yeah. A beautiful couple. You know, Patsy might dab her eyes a little bit with a a tissue, but she doesn't look like, and that, you know, emphasis on look because it's not real there's no look of that right but she didn't look like what people imagined a grieving mother of a murdered six-year-old to look like and she didn't behave in the way that she was expected to behave and the, i think what came later was the medication that she was on and she was pretty much sedated well partially that also like fuck yeah if she needs a mental break because her six-year-old was murdered take it that's fine like i don't care go to your psychiatrist figure it out you you have every right to do that and you should if you need to but the other thing I think people forget this has been such a double-edged sword for Patsy is the pageants you know Patsy was Miss West Virginia in the 70s like she knows how to put on a face Mm -hmm. and so does John he runs a company Mm -hmm. he runs a very successful billion dollar in the 90s company and if those are, if there's any two people that can throw on a face, it would be a pageant queen and a CEO. Yeah. And, you know, I also think that because of that name, because of those titles, because of those reputations, there was a lot to lose. I wouldn't want my employees seeing me like snot bubbling on TV. You know what I mean? Like I would want to remain like keep some of that dignity i don't know that i would care at all i don't think i'd give a rat's ass what i looked like or who thought what of me if my kid were dead and i didn't do it and i wanted to know who did it i i think you'd be hard pressed to even like contain me i'd be so like just absolutely on it and needing to you know progress that forward and whatever as someone who has no children so i can't speak to the experience of grief from a parent's perspective I've dealt with a lot of grief it's hard and like mourning grief not just me being like good grief like Charlie Brown but over time that reaction does get desensitized 
Well, you have to. You have to heal. Yep. And I don't know how. I don't know how that impacts learning news like this about your immediate child, your like six year old who is not only dead, but like brutally dead. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that impacts it. But I do know that I am at a point in my life where if somebody tells me something traumatic, I can go, okay. And walk away and process it the next day and not need to worry about what I'm looking like to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you get really good at compartmentalization. And from that perspective, especially as time went on, it was really frustrating to see comments like that pop up. Like, okay, it's been a year. She can't spend every day collapsed in a puddle of tears mm-hmm. and snot and drool. Like, you have to do something. Life goes on. So at that point, like... Yes and no. It, but I, I fully think they did it. <laughs> I, I know I, know. I can sit here this whole time and like speculate, but genuinely, like, I don't know how any of that information lines up otherwise. Well, another thing I want to talk about mm-hmm. is that there's no doubt in my mind that from the day John Bonet was born till the day that she died. She was exploited, yeah, abused, <laughs> and paraded around. And, I mean, that was evidenced in her autopsy that she was sexually assaulted. And that paired with the consistent bedwetting mm-hmm. and the fact that Burke was bedwetting pretty bad until John Bonet started and then his got better while hers got worse yeah. just tells me whoever's victimizing those kids switched their attention. Oh yeah. From Burke to John Bonet. And you know, it that's horrific. That it wasn't it wasn't enough just to parade her around like a circus mon- monkey, but then to also, you know, not only on the stage in front of closed doors, but then also behind closed doors, what her just existence consisted of is horrible. Yeah. And that, I think, to me, is a really a really big shame in a number of ways. One that I'm not going to get into very deeply here because it's not the place for this conversation, but is the fact that this got so big and was a representation of a Christian family. They were known to be very religious and literally nothing in their lifestyle is representative of, you know, people authentically following a biblical sense of Christianity. Um, Which is not to say that everybody's life isn't different, but that was a real, a real shame because I don't know. I can imagine that being the reason that a lot of people were like, all right, I'm giving up. There's nothing bigger out there. If these are godly people, what the hell? Because hmm. if, if I was on the edge and that's what I heard about, like, a good Christian family, I'd probably think the same thing. Well, and then on the other side of it, I wonder how Patsy grew up. Because she grew up in the pageant right. scene, too. Also from the South. Also a very religious place. Although yep. I can't speak to, like, exactly where she grew up or anything. But... You know, there's that poise that you're expected to have in pageants and you are supposed to be able to dazzle a crowd in a matter matter of minutes and make them entirely fall in love with you. Enamored. And there's no way that John Bonet woke up at two years old and was like, I want to do pageants. No. Patsy teased her hair, dyed her hair, 
slapped makeup on her and not just her i mean like the whole scene yeah. that comes with it and the family was okay with it and whatever but i mean did patsy experience abuse in that scene and then also want her child to follow down that path of also doing that i mean and the other thing is even if john benet was two years old and was like i want to do pageants it's because it's been indoctrinated into her since the day she was born because not only is it her mother's like you know pedestal thing Mm -hmm. but it is probably a way to connect with her mom um it's something that is regarded to as like superior for women like you won a pageant you're better than other girls like women are so like spoon-fed forcefully this competitive like girl on girl world where you just can't be friends with anyone you have to be better than everybody oh yeah and you and it's you can't be happy for your friends or you can only be happy for them if they're not doing as well as you. Right. You know, and that idea that, that everything's a competition and, and you know, it, I, I have a lot of issues with the pageant scene in general outside of this case. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone saw honey boo boo. Okay. That's all you need to know. But like that, that idea that you can teach children that your looks are what matters. Don't eat. Your it doesn't matter if you nourish your body. Yeah. It matters if it looks okay. Did you want to play sports and see your friends? No, you have to be up at 4 a.m. so we can get in the car to leave at 5 a.m. to be at the pageant at 7 a.m. for you to be on stage at 8 a.m. so that Until 4 p.m. so the creepy old guys can yep. tell you how good you're doing. And then, I mean, because really, who's in those crowds? Really, who? And I don't know, maybe we're going to get some angry people because maybe there's some people that just enjoy it for the art. But to me... Well, it's the it's the loved ones of the other participants. Yes. And other people that want to see little kids in leotards. I mean, what the fuck? Right. And I'll throw an asterisk out here. Adult pageants even. I'll even put them in a separate category. Okay. Oh, that's oh, that's exactly what I mean. Like I have a kids. friend. Yeah. Like I have a friend who's done it and she loves it. She thinks it's a really nice way to be able to like create a community that's really accepting and like show off her you know intellect and be able to have good conversations about like social change and And well a lot of it's like philanthropic but these kids aren't standing on like a a a global issue that they're (laughs) wanting to bring attention to well and that's exactly what i was gonna say that is an entirely different scenario but a child pageant should not be anything more than loved ones and the coaches you know what i mean like if it is a separate coach which is weird in and of itself but why we're training children a i i hate that we train the delight and wonder out of kids anyway mm-hmm. but we're like yanking that away let as them grow up and babies. find out the word suck the world like sucks don't like tell them yeah like, let them enjoy it for at least a little bit damn exactly it's <laughs> It's like Frozen when Olaf is like, I'm going to be in summer. And Kristoff's like, I'm going to tell him. Like, no. <laughs> no, you let him have it. You know it's going to end, but you let him have it. And you know, but okay. that is the beauty of being a kid is that you're not supposed to know how awful the world can be because you're supposed to be sheltered from it. And the very people that were supposed to shelter John Bonet from that, I feel like thrust her into the spotlight of this very not so pleasant place i mean to the point where like she gained enough popularity great she was a beautiful little girl but you know what she was also six yep and And she was on magazine covers and getting columns written about her and you know that creepy people are going to be drawn to that what do you think who else enjoys that besides you 
the parents and the other parents. Well, we know. Well, unfortunately, we do. But do you know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like, in what in what way did you think that's even healthy to, to teach her this is what your worth is? Your worth is based on how other people perceive you in relation to other girls doing the same thing. And as long as you are better. You're good. You're fine. But only if you're better and only depending on what your pant size is and how much makeup you wear. And you better smile really fucking big or you're going to get a backhand or something. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just like, what the hell? It's just like, it's heartbreaking. And then, you know, you get to the evidence and all of the stuff that you see on and within and around JonBenet and it just like twists that knife. Yeah, because again, you find out that her life, both on stage and off stage, was for other people. And I I think abusive. I wonder, and it makes me really sad to wonder because I don't think I want to know the answer but I wonder if she was ever allowed to do anything that was just for her like that just made her happy was she allowed to finger paint was she allowed to climb a tree fall down and get a scrape or is she not allowed to have scrapes because pageants well the fact that she had these like manicured manicured nails when she died Mm -hmm. what six-year-old and again like I said I don't know any fucking six-year-olds at all so I'll I'll leave that there but also (laughs) Well, what six-year-olds did you see or when you were six were your nails expected to be acrylic and be- and perfect? My nails? Or were they covered in dirt and sand and markers and paint and, and all the shit you were told not to get into and moon sand? You remember moon sand? Oh, God, moon and sand. And all the gross shit that you played with as a kid. Well, and like, I did have nail polish as a kid, but it was cheap, bad nail polish that kids have because I was so you can chew on it. Pick it off. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing. I don't care about the nail polish. I care about the fact a, a acrylics are not nail polish, but also B just like I'm sure I had nails on all the time. But it was like a like a Nickelodeon splash in the middle of my nail and it was yeah, like it was a bright the gr- green because the, the color slime. went with my dress. Like Yeah. Or there's no was, rhyme or there reason. were stickers or things like little like things that you oh, put on. Little unicorn stickers. <sighs> but like that's what that should have been. Not like a French tip. Nope. Or like worse, like a like really sexy provocative so red. red. You knew exactly where I was yep. going. And to match the red lip, to match the red gown at a six year old. Yeah. And my God. I know that I'm picking on Patsy so much and it could very well have nothing to do with her. And that is awful in and of itself because I know I'm not the first person to think these things. But the fact that John Benet's the garrote that was used to asphyxiate her mm-hmm. was a piece of the paintbrush that belonged to Patsy. Yeah. And remnants of that very same paintbrush were found inside John Benet. Mm-hmm. That's sexual and- assault fibers of her sweater from that night were in the painting tray so you remember that so that just i'm like was she sexually abusing her was that was that where that came from and was she then also punishing her for the bedwetting that's directly linked to a kid being sexually abused yeah you know and did her focus start on burke and switch you know these are these are really big question marks and we're never going to have the answers no we i mean really we wouldn't have had the answers in 1996 well and i'll throw this out there too i i agree it's hard to to truly like critique 
when there are so many unknowns. But I would also go as far as to say it's even people who fall into the camp where they think Burke did the actual murder and it was, you know, followed up or covered up by the extra elements from the parents. Um, I have a lot of problems with that, too, because, A, he's a fucking child. She's six. He's, like, ten. Kids have done worse. Kids have done worse. But kids usually, and I will go as far as to say 99.9% of the time, don't plan worse. Children don't plan worse. No, and I don't think, but I don't and think it was planned. I know you don't, and I don't either. And but I do think I'm it just, was him, damn it. <laughs> I also think it was him, but I have a lot of problems with people, and I, I don't think we're doing this, and I know people have, and I know people have commented without attacking him, but to attack a 10-year-old mm-hmm. for what was almost unquestionably an accident. Like, I don't see how any of this could have been planned. Like, this was an explosion that erupted into chaos, mm-hmm. and then they used, like, paper towels to, like dampen up the lava on the floor like yeah they it was they were grasping they were grasping at straws to try to make some other narrative that would shed them in a little bit better of a light and it didn't all it did was create so many holes in the story that you can see right there it's swiss cheese you know what i mean yeah and it's just it but it's it's sickening it is and i don't think it's fair to put it all on burke i I don't put it all on burke i think that he did it but i think the majority to all of the blame still belongs on the parents. If he had hit her on the head before and there was not a stern talking to about places you can and not cannot like hit other people, that's on the parents. Even if he never hit it hit her before in his life, even if he just got frustrated and swung a flashlight or the baseball bat or whatever the right. fuck it was into her head and then oh shit, she's not getting up. Yep. Okay, cool. 911. Very easy solution. The second it happens. I think, I guess, well, I'll start with people I don't think did it. I don't think it was the the guy in Taiwan Same. that came over. I that, that didn't, I think he wanted it to be. I think he had a lot of, um, like, obsessions. Yeah. I think, I think he was, and I think I'm, he wouldn't have minded it being him. <laughs> I also think Gary Oliva, is that what yep. the name was? I think he makes some sense, but yep. I don't think he would have been savvy enough. Nope. And I also don't think that, I also don't think that he has the ability to, I, I don't know, like go to as many different places as he would have had to in order to complete that. Like, I think he has a lot of potential as a suspect. He was transient, which makes everything happening at the crime coming from inside the house make more sense that's what i was gonna say is he wouldn't have walked around with material to do that right it also um i would say makes sense even to know the layout of the basement i don't think he would easily know the rest of the house layout but there were windows to the basement so Mm -hmm. he could have seen that and you know he had the experience with the garage he had previously used with his mother although and this is where I start to doubt him they had in the autopsy I don't think I mentioned this but that she had a piece of her hair JonBenet had a piece of her hair in the garage that was tied behind her neck Mm -hmm. which suggests a level of an experiencedness with it because 
most people who are making that contraption aren't trying to make more work for themselves. And by adding more, you have to twist more. So, you know, I think it was like a small chunk. It wasn't like just one. Mm -hmm. But the idea that this man would have used the exact same mechanism before on his mother would indicate to me that he at least would remember to like, oh, move the hair out of the way. Okay, move it back. Like that kind of thing. And so that's my first seed of doubt. Then there's the whole, how the hell did he know what room was hers? Mm -hmm. How did he know that nobody was home? And why did he have, you know, pictures of her and another young girl in the area? That also, you know, could make me think guilty. But I wouldn't if he didn't or if he had found um, and this is going to sound awful, but like if it was Burke or something, that's not a victimology type. Two girls faces that are babies in your backpack says that you have an obsession with a type. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though it was only two and it, I fuck it, whatever, I guess it's possible that he did both of them if we're just, you know, throwing shit to the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's fair either. Because presumably there would be something to connect them. And since police found both photos in the same bag, you bet your ass, they checked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Yeah. And I, I just, I don't, he doesn't make sense for it to me. There's also no motivation and, you know, not like we think he wrote the ransom note. Really? We think he knew all those details. Really? We, yeah, it, that's exactly it. Like, I don't think, oh my gosh, exactly. I am you. Oh. Wow. Cute. But no, that's exactly why I think that's true is there's no motivation. There's nothing to suggest he would have had or known these details about the Ramses. I think I read somewhere in one of the reports that he might have gone to the same church a few times, but even that wouldn't have given him intimate details like a Southern background or the amount of John's race bonus, not race, but you yeah. know what I mean. And how would he have been able to navigate the house to get John Bonet, but not wake Burke? Exactly. And I don't know, it just requires a lot more intimacy than we give him credit for. And I don't think he deserves credit for it because it doesn't make sense. Even though, didn't he say he did it too? Yeah. No, wait. No, he didn't say it. It was the other guy. Yeah, you're right. But I just, I, I think, I don't think he's savvy enough to have like pulled that off and not a bit of DNA of his was found there. Well, and a quick asterisk, too, you know, I mean, I know that there are people that choose to be a part of the homeless capital H group, Mm -hmm. but I also know from experience that a lot of times unhoused and transient individuals are really struggling with mental illness and other disabilities that keep them and prevent them from getting and maintaining good jobs. Mm-hmm. which, you know, wouldn't then pay for housing and so forth and so right. on. But I think that it's more than possible that this man was either having intrusive thoughts. Maybe he had an obsession. Maybe he even stalked the house a little bit. I don't know. I mean, fuck, if you have all day to be bored, I don't know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I might just look around, too, to see things, not to plan anything. But, like, I don't know what I'd do. And I think it's obtuse to assume that someone who presumably was incapable and not of his own desire to maintain residence would be able to coordinate all of this without any hiccups or bumps yeah there were a lot of moving parts yes and that's not to say he probably wasn't capable but i think it's obtuse to assume 
you know yeah. i would i would want proof that he could before i believed that he did and then move on from him yeah let's go to the housekeeper linda i don't she, get it i like her for the ransom letter having been written by a woman yep i like her for having intimate knowledge of the comings and goings of the people living in the home absolutely I like her for, you know, her DNA being present anywhere in the home would not be alarming. It should be. You work there. Right. But I feel a lack of motivation. I feel a lack of spite. There was not really any hateful or distasteful comments that were made that she wasn't specifically asked to comment on. And she also expressed concern for John Bonet's well-being because of her frequent bedwetting. Right. And because of Patsy's handling of when she wet the bed. And I know it's easy to look at anything from the outside and think that you have, you know, the whole glass house debacle of like mm-hmm. there are going to be things you can't see even when you think you can see everything mm-hmm. but I also think that there's a lot to be said for someone who worked in the home and her comments because she didn't have her reputation to uphold you know it wasn't the same it probably felt like a less weight was re- like there wasn't as much at stake for her maybe because you, yeah and uh, also because I just don't think she looked like that great of a suspect. Right. I don't think she had that much to worry about. It was like, these people... I mean, granted, they There's weren't... There's some they stuff going on. Yeah. Which she had already vocalized. You know? So I think, like, she had that sort of... She could kind of hang her hat on it and be like, no, I was saying a long time ago that there was something up with that little girl. That we that, needed to... That things didn't... And I expressed at. that to family. I'm sure that, you know, if she came home from work after a tough day of seeing Patsy do that... That she didn't go to her some family members and be like, geez, there's some, that kid, there's something about that. Or or maybe just like one comment that someone could recall. Even just, I feel like even the way John Bonet would have had to act around her. You know what I mean? As someone in the home who sees the bedwetting, who wash, potentially washes clothes, but like would clean things up, would hear the punishments, that kind of thing. There has to be an element of shame. Because... Mm-hmm. A, we know that, you know, longevity in bedwetting is usually indicative of some sort of abuse. Mm-hmm. But also, the way that Patsy was said to have handled that would, of course, implicate shame in a six-year-old. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have wet the bed. That's my fault. Like, this is me. I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. Not, hmm, I wonder if I shouldn't be being paraded around and, like, yeah, she wasn't no clothes. She wasn't, she didn't have the self-awareness or the maturity to understand. And so then to see someone, right, that you know knows this shameful thing about you and the way that it's responded to and reacted to, and you're going to internalize that as the way the world interacts with it. And the way that you're viewed by not only your mother, but everybody else, too. I'm sure. I am so sure that this house. That their housekeeper, Linda, I'm sure she had an interesting talk or two with John Bonet, even in passing. I'm sure that there were things that that little girl said or things she wasn't allowed to do or had to do that just 
or was a kid and so started funny. to reach for something and had to go, oh, I'm not allowed to do that. Or mm, hope you didn't see that because God forbid I reach for a cookie. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't I don't want to not shed proper light on the opportunity that she had. Oh, yeah. Because she had an abundance of it. She did. And, you know, like we're saying, it's it seems to be lower stakes for her. So it would be easy for her to be looked over. And I do also think that the paintbrush remnants found in John Bonet often, I mean, not always, because it's not uncommon for a male offender to use an object to mm. assault somebody. But yeah, it's uh, women don't have the um, equipment. Yep, to 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 do that, or at least these women, you know. So if you think, okay, well, if you're going to use something. You yeah. have to you have to use something. And so in this case she has just as much opportunity because it's something that's already in the home. She's probably cleaned up after it or seen it around the home before, the paintbrush right. and whatever other materials are there. So she's aware of where to find those things in the home too. I mean, I don't wanna gloss over that and say that that couldn't be something too. I just I see endless opportunity. I don't see motive. None. And it doesn't sound like Anywhere, even after she made the comment about Patsy harshly punishing John Bonet and talked about borrowing money, nowhere have I seen the Ramses talk back and say that wasn't true. She was mean. She we had a bad relationship. This or happened. We thought that it was happened. Her. Why right. are you looking into her? Nothing like that. And to me, that also says something, right? Mm-hmm. Because if this was some shady ass human who was watching my house and then. One question, they were like, mm, you need to look at her because she punishes our kids too harshly. I'd be like, fuck you. Like, listen to all this. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that. No. So I'm assuming there's not an all this fuck you behind it. That's probably pretty honest. Yeah. And I mean, other than the three that we just talked about, there aren't really any other suspects other than those who lived in the home that have grabbed my attention. In a way that I think is worth talking about. There's always conspiracy theories. There's always the anonymous intruder. There's always those. I don't see that. I believe it was someone in the house. And if I have to be completely speculative. Yep. Which is really all that this episode is. Which is really fun, by the way. Because we're going to have this conversation anyway. Um, I, I do think... I think Burke accidentally killed her. Yeah, me too. I do. Um, And there's several reasons for that. I think that there was abuse already happening in the home. Mm -hmm. I I think is evidenced by Burke's bedwetting, which changed to John Bonet's bedwetting, which I think, which we know bedwetting is, how many times am I going to say bedwetting? (laughs) We know that that's typically indicative of sexual, specific sexual assault in a child. Yeah. That doesn't mean that other abuse wasn't also happening in the home right um and if you want to call the the scolding that they got post bedwetting you could call that verbal abuse um or physical depending yeah on on how that manifested but i get the sense that he was abused also and when there's no intervention and when the child believes that that is normal then that's just it it's normal well so you sexual when it when a kid is sexually abused in a young in those young formative years 
they tend to become more sexually active and sexually interested at a younger age, pre-puberty. Yeah, because they're learning about it, right? Because they're learning about it. And I think that for me, I I believe that it was certainly an accident by Burke. Or if it was on purpose, I don't think it was... I don't think it fully clicked what was happening, like the finality and... Yeah, I think what, he could have just hit her because he might have been mad that she took his toy train. Well, and when we look at child psych... Right. We see a lot of how kids brains internalize and process things with child sexual abuse. Frequently, it comes in the form of like playing doctor. Mm -hmm. Who's to say that a brother and his kid sister didn't play doctor and it got out of hand or something or it didn't. And she just didn't want to that day. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, you know, accusing him of abusing her, but she probably wouldn't know if he was. Well, and but that's just it is if I also consider the fact that maybe he was and again, big maybes, maybe because he was abused himself, wasn't taught coping skills or that it's wrong. I mean, that just existed in the home and that was what it was. And maybe he witnessed that same abuse being done to her. And again, the word abuse is not used by these kids at that time. They don't know that that's what that is. But this act is happening recurring i wonder if he did or he tried to and it doesn't that just adds to where i'm frustrated with how she's exploited because she is paraded around as an adult as a six-year-old with this makeup and the sultry yeah outfits and provocative poses and she's so beautiful and these photos are all all of her and all in these positions and all absolutely gorgeous she really is but as a child and they're that's all that the family talks about and revolves around it's all about John Bonet and how pretty she is and how she's going to be something is there jealousy there is there a rivalry does he agree does he think that she is so pretty does he know that she's being abused does he think she's avoiding that because of all of these things she has that he doesn't have yeah and he's resentful of her because not only is she the one who's in all the framed photos and the one that probably his weekend is probably just as ruined as hers by having to go to the pageants and having to do yeah but he doesn't get the flowers at the end you know what i mean and so what if there's a resentment there plus you add into the fact that maybe he's being abused and doesn't think that she is too and then you add into the fact maybe well I'll throw an asterisk there. Or he knows she is too. And so it's normalized to treat her that way. Yeah. Or, um, you know, he's also speculated to be on the spectrum a bit. Like this is one of the reasons I have such a hard time throwing his name out there, even though I genuinely do believe it was probably an accident done by him. I don't think it was intentional. No, I don't think it was. But the reason I have such a hard time throwing it out there is there are so many maybes and so many ifs and so many asterisks. And it could have been as simple as, you took my train, I'll hit you in the head. It could have been as complex as our mom sexually assaults us every time that we wet the bed after being sexually assaulted. So I'm going to do that to you because I'm mad at you because maybe she wet the bed and the parents were at the party. We don't know. Mm -hmm. We know there was urine on our clothes. Maybe she wet the bed. Maybe she peed herself because she was scared shitless because she was getting strangled at six. We can't know. We just can't. And it's so incredibly disheartening to think that something that spiraled so big could have been as simple as mom, dad, what the hell? Come here. I fucked up. 
And well, he wouldn't have said it like that. He was six. But like. Well, he was nine. Sorry. She was six. He was ten. Ten. Yeah. But like. Yeah. He's still not going to say it like that. He's going to call and be like, oh, I need you guys to come home. And yeah. Then, or just stand there and they find him just sitting there or whatever. Four buttons on a phone. It's 911 green call button. That's mm-hmm. it. And it stresses me out so much. I do think, to me, the theory that made the most sense was Burke did it later, either tucking in, checking on kids before bed, or doing like a walkthrough of the house, notices JonBenet isn't in her bed, asks Burke what's wrong. He tells her what happened. I think she probably never told John about the sexual abuse element of it, because even if. She wasn't the one doing it. There was evidence to suggest that she knew. Um, you mean Patsy? Yeah. Yeah. And so probably never told John. Probably freaked out. Or it was John abusing them. I mean, again, we don't know. It, it could have been either one of them. It could be neither one of them. But I think well, there's evidence that they were the kids were sexually abused. And my thought is even if it was John doing the sexual abuse, I think Patsy wouldn't have said anything internalizing the fact that she saw evidence and didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I think she would have been like, Oh fuck. And then was like, Hey, Burke fucked up. We got to write this letter. Started the letter was like, I need John's help. Went, woke him up, got John wrote the letter together. I think that's also probably part of why it's so fucking ridiculous is I think he was asleep and was like, Oh, a small foreign faction. Like why there was a draft of the first one that got discarded. Right. So to me, that all makes sense. So she starts it and then she's like, I, I need his help. Crumples it up, chucks it out, gets him, mm-hmm. explains with as little detail as she can about any of the other shit that ends up coming out. And then they do their best to act and also mourn because regardless of whether or not they were part of the cover up, they lost their six year old. And that is chilling yeah it's horrible but i think i i I know that kids do not have the self-awareness or the forethought to think of the future there's here and now right maybe there's tomorrow but that's you know you're a kid things are just what they are you don't have a whole lot of control over your life in terms of no you wake what up your day-to-day is take what's given to you and so you also don't think as a kid that there's a sense of like permanent yeah. change because a lot of things in a kid's life are just temporary changes. Well, and even Brief as we look things. And so I, I do wonder if there's this potential that he hit her hard and just figured, okay, why isn't she waking up? Because every yeah. other time she has or whatever. Well, and then we have that evidence of when he hit her with the golf club in mm-hmm. the head and like she only needed stitches as a kid, you're taught to, like, you know, in school or whatever, conduct s- experiments, observe things. Like, if you press the same button in the car, the window's going to roll up the same way. So well, once you learning. press it once, yeah. you're like, oh, okay. He'd probably just been like, guess if you get hit on the head, you got to get some stitches and then you're fine. Yeah, that's just how you learn to interact with the world around you. But I think whatever leading up to it was the abuse whether he tried to abuse her whether he never did whether whatever you know the years leading up to that were 
Mm-hmm. The day of, I think, he accidentally hits her in the head. Yep. She's out. Out cold. Not dead, but out. Yeah. Damage. And maybe so much so that the family thought or believed that she would never wake up, never be the same, whatever it was, could not fathom going to the hospital where what else was done to her would be discovered to know that that was in the home and could not admit that an accident happened. I mean, even then, like DCY, I mean, everything would be called to try to save their big name, Mm -hmm. their very important name. And so they don't want to be faced with questions at the hospital or things like that and how could this happen or whatever and that's not to say accidents don't happen that's not to say the most amazing parent in the world that this kind of shit isn't possible i think it's not about the head injury i think it's about the evidence of all of the other injuries also yeah and i and that's where i think that they had a decision to make they maybe had decided that that she was not going to make it anyway or under that impression and decided that night, okay, we'll use the garrote. We'll mm-hmm. do whatever. We'll make it look how we want it to look. We'll tie her up. We'll use the, you know, the rope and have the ligature marks. And we'll have the duct tape and all of these things that make it look so extra. Yeah. Because there's no... She was 3 foot 11 inches. Yep. She weighed... 60 pounds something close to something it. like that there is no reason in my mind that they would have needed all of those things to no. incapacitate her that was overdone to the max i you think. could probably like palm her and pick her up that's what i mean and i think that they knew that they already lost john Bonet. they had to decide if, if they, they were, were going to lose burke too yeah and what they could do to try like hell to make sure that that didn't happen. And that's why he was swept away and not spoken to and not anything. And the parents pretty much just said, this is, this is on us now. And I think, you know, it, in most marriages, statistically, we know half of them end in divorce anyway. Right. But then of, of the marriages that experience the loss of a child, that rate goes up exponentially. Because it is so difficult for the marriage to survive the death of a child. I wonder if the only way that they were able to keep it together was not for each other. No. But it was in an attempt to save Burke because, like I said before, the only thing worse than losing one kid, I would imagine, is losing two. And I don't mean that to sound disrespectful or making light of it, but I mean, truly. I understand the logical You have one child progression. One has already died. In your mind, maybe you cannot reverse that. You can't do anything about that. What can you do for the one that you do have? Right. And if you feel that the truth coming out is going to make it so that you will lose him also because he'll be locked up or he'll be displaced and you'll be locked, whatever, whatever combination of events that would be. I almost wonder if that credits it because they stayed silent the entire time yes together they were in it together i think if patsy had killed her or john had killed her the other would have turned on them in a heartbeat certainly they both had a hand in extreme 
damage control damage control <laughs> that and like i think they both had a heavy secret whether or not you know one of them killed and the other one was the one that was abusing or that mm-hmm. like i can't see in my brain how that would compute at all and i don't see how in any relationship where you're going to be talking to cameras talking to police talking individually talking together you're not going to discuss to say hey is there really anything i need to know mm-hmm because I'm either going to avoid it or I'm going to make sure to say, like, you're going to coordinate your husband and wife. Like, that is the intimacy of your life. And they had ample time to do that. Right. Because <laughs> they w- didn't talk to anybody. Well, they talked to everybody but the police. Well, but yeah. like, Right. It was just, to me, either they both knew the other one had a really important hand in the damage that was caused or they did it together. Yeah, I don't think one or the other is responsible. I think they either both did or neither did. But there, to me, there's no... Right, and all of the evidence that suggests they do, to me, says Burke did it. They're covering it up to save him. And in a way, I can rationalize that. I can understand it. I'm not okay with not it, but I understand it. it. But I, yeah. can see, I can see how that... I can see how in their panic, while weighing their family life of just, you know, what was the four of them in that home, but then also the larger scale of the media and everything else that poured into it, they're worried about their reputation with each other, you know, just in their little family unit, but also in the world. I mean, this was talked about everywhere. It's still being talked about over 20 years later. I know. That is the uh, insanity of this case to me. It's just this. It's still ongoing. Someone out there knows. Someone out there knows what happened. And maybe it dies with John. Maybe it dies with Burke. Maybe it dies with Burke's wife at some point. I is don't Burke know. Is Burke married? I don't know. Oh, God. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But like, He's cute, though. Yeah. He's hand- they're, they're all a very attractive. Every single one of them is very attractive. They're beautiful. They're a beautiful family. And it's it's awful to look at Burke now as an as a man, and you can see the qualities that they shared in both of their parents. Right. That you can imagine how beautiful John Bonet would be now. Oh, whew, whew. they were imagining that when she was six. Don't. Yeah, I know. Well, you could you could see what she'd look <sighs> like at twenty because she already looked twenty. Yep. But I guess you know, at the end of the day, it just sounds like again, John Bonet was born exploited abused well and to say burke was too i think it's true i think they both just had a loss of a childhood and it ended in the literal most heinous way possible and was covered up in the most confusing and convoluted and yet entirely see-through way yeah both of their childhoods ended that day burke is just still breathing yeah he's the one that has to deal with the aftermath it's not to say that she got off you know, easy with that yeah yeah she god she was a six-year-old like i don't no, know what I else know. i can say it's ridiculous i my heart breaks and i think of you know they were so fixated on this proper burial and that's what the ransom note said and that's how yep. how they were hell-bent on that if she's buried in the family plots and they're the ones that killed her yeah. Even in death, she doesn't get to rest. And that infuriates me. And even if the Ramses had nothing to do with it, 
there's always going to be so many people that think that they did it that it doesn't matter. Yep. And if Burke and John Ramsey tomorrow were to open a daycare, I'm not sending my kid there. No. And <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like that no matter what. Well, and that to me is really where like all of this evidence is them literally building the coffin, putting the coffin together, putting John Bonet in the coffin, sealing the lid on it. And then the fact that we all know this, they know this, they know that their reputation matters. They know that how people perceive them matters. The fact that all of this can go on and then we finish it. And their first thing is picking a fight with the police over the timeline of a burial. Mm -hmm. That's the fucking nail that like, like, you know, that seals it all up for me is like as if all of this wasn't circumstantial enough to paint a pretty damn good picture of the circumstances under which your daughter died. Mm hmm. The fact that you wouldn't do everything physically and fuck it, superhumanly possible to find your daughter's killer, to help the other people that are helping you find her killer. Mm -hmm. I can't explain that. I can explain the rest of this. I cannot explain that away. To me, there's no logic there. It, the whole thing is awful and we're no closer to answers now than we were. And I just hope that you know, if Burke didn't do this, or if any of the Ramseys didn't do it, then it's horrible what they've been through. Absolutely. And everything we've said today is literally just one big allegedly. Or oh, one, oh, yeah. Or one big I think, or maybe, you know, I mean... Lots of asterisks and... People have said hundreds of things worse and hundreds of things kinder, and I think we... I, I fall really just kind of in the middle where I can s I, I've ruled out all of the other people and I just think it's one of them and I think that we're not going to get closer to that or I not without any brand new developments so I just think that's where we are I think if there's no other groundbreaking thing I, j I think we're just we're stuck and it's someone in the house and honestly for me I'm content with that I think from a criminal justice as a sociology niche standpoint mm -hmm. I think that answer for me is enough to say okay I think we have eliminated the chance of somebody out there walking free doing this again I think we've done our duty to the people that are still around mm -hmm. I think we have with the best of our abilities come to the most logical conclusion with what was presented and not what is hoped mm -hmm. to be the case and my hope is that it I know everybody is biased and has prejudice and you have to check that. But my hope is that with enough hands in the pot, you kind of cancel each other out at some point and, you know, things become clear. And I think that there have been enough cooks in this kitchen mm -hmm. <laughs> for a day. And so my hope is that with all of this, we can at least rest knowing Burke isn't a victim anymore. You know, Patsy has passed on from her cancer. My hope is that John finds peace and moves on. Because ultimately, if you believe the story that I believe, those parents are just as much victims as they are offenders in this. Like, they had no control over the loss of their daughter. They did nothing to help that on the other side. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that 
they could have stopped it with how things stood. I don't think, well, in, in my head, in this alleged theory, but I don't know. I just, I feel awful for them and I feel awful about them. And it's, it's just one big mix of icky, but, Retweet. but I feel good knowing that with what we have, I feel like I've come to the most logical and sound conclusion. Yeah. And I don't need to know which one of them did it. It's I, honestly, it's kind of fun for me to speculate because it's like, if this, then that, if that, then this. And that's kind of a fun logic game oh for me. Oh my God, I want hard answers so bad. It's killing me. But I just want closure on it. It's like you're, it's like, you know, the itch that's like almost scratched. Here's what I would like. I don't give a fuck knowing who did it. I mean, it'd be fascinating to find out what actually happened. But like, I would just like closure that it's not someone outside of the house and i know by doing that they would find who it was but like it's not somebody that's still potentially victimizing anybody else correct to me that's the biggest deal is we can't undo what's been done all we can take is the information that we have to figure out how to best prevent it from happening again and how to keep the people that we do have here justified healthy and well to the best of our abilities that's all we have you guys I think that was the that, John Benet Ramsey case. That was it. That was all seven parts. We want to know what you guys think. Oh my God. Tell us so much. Please email us at about time, the number four TC at Gmail. That's A B O U T T I M E, the numeral four TC at Gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Honestly, write me your theories. Do you think that somebody in the house did it? Do you not? Um, oh my god prove me wrong tell if me you everything. do oh my gosh tell me so much also I'm just gonna throw out there I did not talk about Burke learning knots in Boy Scouts but people seem to think that that might have been like a botched garot thing and I just Ooh. don't agree I like that here I don't agree because he was 10 and I don't think he was strong enough to like pull a six-year-old by some string and then do all of that you know what I mean yeah but um again all speculation and i also just didn't find enough on it to feel like it had valid merit it had merit in theory but i didn't see enough to say for sure so yeah i think moving forward all we can rely on is dna evidence being tested because everyone that could have been interviewed has been interviewed and they're not changing anything now not after 25 years just wanted to profit from it has made their money so hooray at least we're doing this for free you guys yay Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that that just wraps up our John Bonet series. If you want a deep dive, you know, maybe not as deep because this yeah. this just had so many layers of things we could talk about. Oh my about. gosh! Yeah. Very few cases I think would be this level would of a be deep this dive. Level of a deep dive, but let us know what. I'm into the two parters, the three parters, but for a while I'm keeping it to that. You guys, I think I need a break, a break from yeah. living it for. Six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah, literally eight weeks. Um, That being said, you guys, please do get excited for our next case because you've only been hearing JonBenet content from me. I have so much to give you guys. She's got so much more, you guys. And to kick off spooky season my way, I'll be giving you guys next week a story about a corpse on trial. So that should be fun. Ooh, put a little pin in that. Little spooperoops. Can't wait to hear yours in a few days. Ooh, and a treat. 
And lastly, you guys, if you want to see photos, if you want to see our sources, we have uh, shit, I don't know, all sorts of highlight reels and resources. We have our highlights that go over a bunch of our cases, things you can donate to, places to look to for more information, and also fucking cats, bro. Fucking cats, bro. Find us on Instagram. Our Instagram is at about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. Also, that four is a word and not the number. So that's A B O U T, period. T I M E, period. F O R, period. T R U E, period. C R I M E, period. P O D. For all of your about time for true crime needs. Yes. And if I take a quick little peek at my watch, I believe that that was about, about time, time for true crime. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.